It is the December 13th, Sunday morning edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is the best one of the week because it's Eric and George in much better spirits. Both of us have a drink on a Saturday night, feeling good. You've got your Chanticleer shirt on. The, uh, they gave me a scare, coastal. but the Chanticleers are, looks like they're about to win. You know, if I didn't know any better, if I didn't know that your wife bought you the Chanticleer shirt, I would have guessed that the Chanticleer social media saw what you were saying about them and sent you one. Uh, you, you, I'm not that big time yet. Right. Like, I don't know, man. It's, it's coastal Carolina. Like they're looking for any, you know, anything they can yeah. get. I, it is uh coastal it is Carolina cool super them. fan, Eric eager. Um, I what just is kinda, Chanticleer? It is like a, it's a mythical, it's like a mythical thing. It's like, it's on my, on my wrist here. Oh, uh, it looks kind of like a duck. Yeah, it's like a mystical like beast <laughs> thing. It's actually really oh. funny. I mean, um, I mean, it's an awesome name. And then they especially because the, you can you can abbreviate it multiple ways. Yeah, they. You're right. You're you're in the Chanticleer once you've covered the spread. For example, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, let's start with this. Let's do a couple of um, player props before we get into. I I still normally we get on this podcast and I'm like hunting for things that I still like. There's a decent amount, um, I think, of value still left on the board, which is exciting. Well, do you know why that is, George? Why? We spent basically the entire day going over all the scenarios that can happen. That's true. <laughs> so we're basically like ensconced in the in the game of uh, That's in true. what week 14 represents. That's true. Because we've been preparing for the um, Steve Kornacki football night in America sensations. Take it sweeping the nation, honestly. And... Um, so myself, uh, to a very much less lesser degree than you, but also Timo, um, have been pouring over all the scenarios, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited for this week because last week, to give people who are listening to this a little bit of a behind the scenes, we um, got a call from the production team at, at NBC, uh, Rob Highland, who's the producer of Football Night America in Notre Dame uh, on NBC. And they were like, hey, let's try and do this. Let's set something up. And it was like Thursday. <laughs> so you and I at this time last week were kind of just like, who knows? You know, and, and on Sunday, it was a miracle, honestly, that, uh, that everything worked out so well. So this week, much in much better, in much better straits, I will say that. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I, we weren't sweating out like the edge cases, like uh, the Jets winning and the, uh, the, the Jaguars winning and stuff like that, that, that would have been kind of a mess. All right. I'm going to start this off here. Uh, I've got Andy Dalton revenge game. His rushing yards prop is four and a half yards. Uh, I'm sorry, four and a half yards, a a professional athlete, Uh, not named Tom Brady, four and a half yards. Let's do it. Yeah, he's a professional athlete in the same way like Steve Palazzolo was a professional athlete, though. So, like, no, we, we have no. to. Okay, pound. here's a question: If you saw Andy Dalton at a, at your gym, you've been going, you've been back in the gym a little bit, you know, keeping the keeping the mask on, but you've got back in there. If you saw Andy Dalton at Crunch Fitness, you would be in awe of how athletic he was. He'd be the most athletic guy in there by miles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although when you play basketball with Steve, you're like, oh, Steve's like six ten. So like right. every ath- every athlete that's, that's ever been height. paid to have it to to do athletics. You're right though. Four and a half is too short. Here's one that I'm going to go with. 
Um, so this one, I I I think I think I like this. This is Sunday Night Football. Juju Smith. Give it to me. Juju Smith Schuster under fifty eight and a half receiving yards. <laughs> Juju's going to have make, 12 targets, 8 catches, 37 yards. That's that's what it's going to look like on Sunday. I'm not wearing a shirt right now, but you can't see the tattoo I have on my stomach, which says, feed me. <laughs> that's what I want to do I, with he, that prop. Juju is like the woat right now. Uh, it, dude, you can lock him in for more than 5 catches and less than 50 yards. <laughs> uh, I have – so reminder, if you're listening to this, watch the PFF live show uh, at 11.30 on the PFF YouTube channel. Uh, we'll have a bunch more props. I'm going to give out one more prop here because it's, I think, my favorite prop of the entire day. Um, and it's a it's a bonus. Right. It, it's, a, uh, it's a plus money passing touchdown prop for the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Everyone is edging over the fact that they won by less than 10 points to Drew Locke and the atrocity that is the Denver Broncos offense. And no one is paying attention to the fact that they just pooped themselves in goal-to-go situations like four times. Statement game, everyone's overvaluing the Miami defense, plus 120, over two and a half passing touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take another over in that game. I'm going to take Clyde Edwards-Alaire over 13 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. Um the Le'Veon Bell thing is just not happening. Um, and while Edward Tolaire has not been as involved in the passing game as you'd like, this is such a short number for something that might just take one play. Um, especially given that he wasn't playing last week, they'll probably want to get him involved this week. The strength of the Dolphins' defense is its secondary, not its linebackers. Um, give me Edward Tolaire over that number. All righty. Let's get into this week's slate. I'm going to start off with one that I'm actually just curious about because it is now out to three and a half. Carolina at home, three and a half point favorites to Denver. You and I share a comedic disdain for Drew Locke because he's not very good at throwing the ball accurately. Uh, And that's a rather important component of playing quarterback. Something that Teddy Bridgewater is actually good at. Uh, The Carolina Panthers also have better receivers. Um, the only place where they're really, you know, at a deficit is the fact that Vic Fangio manages to like patch a defense together, despite you know Bryce Callahan, who's probably their best defensive player now out. So like their three best defensive players from last year not playing on this team. At three and a half, are you intrigued by the Denver Broncos, given that both teams are kind of bad? Late money here on Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, right? So that's yeah, gonna. Yeah. I mean, anything. It's funny, like in the COVID times, I feel like all almost all late late swings have been dull, right? Mm-hmm. And the result of I think betters not necessarily being able to value players as properly as they should. Denver is a good defense. Um, the Panthers have lost to a a Denverian type team this year at home in the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, Bridgewater has sort of like his game, you know, he has games obviously, but then he, you know, I mean, we're talking about two teams that were relatively competitive with Kansas city, right? Like the, the they're not, these two teams are not like this far apart. Uh, and, and so even though um, Denver's on the road early, you know, early start, all that kind of stuff, I, I'm probably, if anything, going to take the Denver Broncos here as much as I like Bridgewater. Okay. I, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you there. Like it's, it's just a 
you're getting the three, that's valuable. It's also a low total, which, you know, three and a, we've seen Carolina in some games like the Kansas City game where obviously the total was, you know, way, way higher. But Denver, because, because they're not very good on offense, finds a way to keep that game at a, at a lower a lower scoring pace. Um, take me to the next game you want to talk about. Well, I mean, this is the one that's locked of the week. We've gotten some value on it. Houston minus two in Chicago was minus one when we picked it. Um, I think people, uh, you know, this thing probably will get out to two and a half by kick, um, especially when you look at, you know, obviously Houston has a difficulty with without some of its receivers, but Buster Screen's out. Khalil Mack, it's a shoulder. Uh, probably not going to play him in this one. Um, it, to me, I think this is, this is a game with one good player in it, exactly. Or one good player that will make an impact, and that's Deshaun Watson. So, And, and it's, so it's not a, a good player is an understatement. Deshaun Watson is a great player and is in a game where he is playing against a quarterback in Mitch Trubisky who was selected over him in the draft. And there is much that has been written about what Watson has said himself about the way that the Bears treated that draft process um, so they showed really no interest in him. And he's got a 91 PFF grade. It's basically him, Mahomes, and Rodgers. 120 pass rating from a clean pocket. Mitch Trubisky, 91.6. The NFL average is over 100. Mitch Trubisky sucks, okay? The Bears suck. Deshaun Watson is great. Yeah, absolutely. So this is so this is a, you know, a game, I think, where when you look at it, you know, Chicago is decent defensively. But you're starting to see the the you know how things can crack when one or two players get, comes out of a defense. It's not the same as one or two offensive players, and hence that gives I think Houston um, the big advantage here. Um, the Bears if, the Bears are averaging negative expected points added per pass. That's really hard to do in the year of our Lord 2020. I mean, uh, some <laughs> years you know obviously have been different, but this year has been very conducive Dude, to passing. It's so, they're so bad on offense. George, here's, um, a, here's a pick that I would have had for, as our lock. I would have tried to make a case for as our oh, lock. I know what this is. I know what this is. If, if, the, if the spread was up, Arizona yep. minus two and a half in, in New York. This is the New York Giants are reaching Pittsburgh Steelers levels of overrated at this point. Thank you. And um, I know Daniel Jones is going to play. Um, I know that they have some receivers that can do some damage. Their offensive line has improved. Um, and Arizona has lost, I think, four of five. Maybe, no, three of four, four or five, I can't remember. But, um, and the one win was a Hail Mary win. Um, but at the same time, like, I, this is this is a classic. You're buying one team at the top, selling one team at the top, buying another team at the bottom. Um, you give know, me Arizona uh, here. You know, I just mentioned that the Bears are averaging negative expected points added per pass play, and you commented on how that's really hard to do in the year of our Lord 2020. The Giants are averaging fewer or more negatively expected. I don't even know how to say this because it's ridiculous. They are averaging a lower expected points added per pass play than the Chicago Bears, which should tell you something because if you force yourself to watch a Bears game this year, you've gone, oh my God, they suck. <laughs> the Giants are a plucky team and have been large underdogs in spots where it didn't make sense, right? And we've backed them there. Um, you know, the Eagles made a ton of sense with Carson Wentz, who was a just a disaster. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are not a disaster. They lost to a very good Rams team. Um, you know, they obviously had the Hale Murray against a very good Bills team. I, you know, whether they win or lose that game, whatever, people have forgotten about that by now. 
and the Giants are getting their tires pumped unlike any team we've seen <laughs> since the Steelers. I yeah. mean, it's ridiculous. They got flexed into Sunday night football. The, the Giants stink. And they got flexed into Sunday night football. I mean, that, that should tell you something about how much people are in love with them. There, people are writing entire articles about how Joe Judge is like revitalizing the team and they're citing things such as he's having the team stay the night in the in the city that they are in instead of traveling home that night i'm sorry but like please uh, let's let's try and center ourselves a little bit more i i don't get it it, it blows my mind <laughs> i'm with you anyway what a joke um, it's ridiculous I mean, let me are- ask you this let me ask you this i want to move on from that game because I, I could go on for days about the overratedness of a very popular team but that tends to get me in trouble. So uh, even though I was right, very right about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the fact that they're so butthurt really seems to uh, lend credence to that. This line has moved a little bit since we last talked. Tampa Bay is now a seven-point favorite against Minnesota. Yeah, well, and it was probably good of us not to give out six and a half then because I do agree. So Josh was on our Hermsmeyer, our friend Josh Hermsmeyer was on the Bet the Process podcast, and he was talking about team ratings and matchups and like how team ratings sort of get you in the ballpark and then matchups sort of like take a bet and can often turn it into higher positive EV. And I think with Tampa Bay, Minnesota, the matchup, I think if you just look at team ratings, the Vikings are probably worth a bet here at plus seven. I think if you look at the matchups in this game, it might be a lot harder to make a case for the Vikings. Are you talking about the matchups on the Tampa Bay is on offense and Minnesota's on defense side of the, the thing? Both, actually. Because I, I when I look at when I look at obviously when the Vikings are on defense, they've had a really good last few weeks as far as mm-hmm. their corners have graded well. And then you you pull back the curtain a little bit and you're like, Oh look, the Panthers Bridgewater played like crap. Uh, they played Mike Glennon, they played Andy Dalton. Um, prior to that they played Nick Foles. Um, you know, this is they have not been tested the way that they're going to be tested this week with Gronk, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, you know, secondary receivers, whoever's active among like Tyler Johnson and those guys um, and an offensive line that's fairly good. And Tom Brady, like the Vikings pass rush being what it is, is probably less of a thing against like Mike Glennon, who's just blacking out during games anyway. But Tom Brady is like actually a player who I think right now you it's like some of these older guys, the Rivers, the Roethlisberger's, the Brady's, uh, if they can play in a game with no pressure, you can see what they do. And you saw that in Tampa Bay's last game, the second half against Kansas City. Once they realized that Kansas City was unable to get any heat on him, he had a pretty damn good second half of that game. And I think it continues against the Vikings defense, which isn't even as good as the, the Chiefs. And then when you look at the other side, the Vikings are going to be without Rudolph. They're going to be, you know, their offensive line is banged up and not very good to begin with. Um, the, the Tampa does have problems in the slot. Um, but the Vikings don't. The Vikings have two good wide receivers, right? And, and they haven't really used Irv Smith the way they should. And so I think Tampa Bay weirdly matches up fine with them. And the and the Vikings offense hasn't played a defense with good players since Chicago, and they only scored what the twenty in that game. So I, I think that they'll be fine. I think Tampa Bay. It, it's a hard. It's hard for me to make a case about the Vikings once I t- sort of talk through it. Counterpoint though, the and this is my the alarm for my. Uh washing machine which is just like the most annoying thing on the planet so i apologize for that um here's my counter to that i am not convinced that the tampa Bay buccaneers will have figured out 
that they need to stop running the ball on first down. So you're totally right in saying, yeah, Tom Brady, when he's given a clean pocket, a couple weeks of rest, get on the same page with very talented receivers, it should be a cinch. But they're going to get up in this game, and Bruce Arians is going to run Leonard Fournette smack dab into the center of the defensive line like three times. And because of that, it'll give Minnesota a chance to come through the back door, and their team uniquely qualified to do that. Kirk Cousins gets his stuff together when they're down double digits in the fourth quarter, and he's got two really, 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 really good receivers, two great receivers, who, you know, Jamel Dean is out. Um, the Tampa Bay Bucks are not going to be able to cover those guys. So this is one where I could see being very worried about it in the middle of the third quarter, but then, yeah. you know, the fourth quarter comes around and, like, they sneak through the back door. Yeah, the, the interesting th- thing about Tampa is they om- they they haven't allowed that to happen as much this year. Right. You know, so the the Tampa uh, the Carolina game they almost got backdoored. They ended up being aggressive at the end. Um, the Giants game they did. They almost lost the football game, but they were never covering the full game spread the whole time there. Um, and then Carolina the second time around, like when they're when they're feeling it, right? Like they do they do like try to prove a point about things, right? Which you know, I don't know. I think part of me thinks Minnesota's a good team that just has had a rough year, and part of me thinks Minnesota's a bad team that's played a bunch of shit teams over the last, like, three, four weeks and has gotten right that way um, in outscoring their opponents by one the last three-game homestand against teams that are 8-28. and 28. So, I, I that's weird. Like, for me, I'm probably going to lay off this game. If it gets, like, live, and let's say, yeah, this is sort of contradicting what I just said, but if, if it's live and let's say Tampa's up 17 nothing, I might I might go in on some Minnesota, but I'm not sure. ton of good stuff for you at PFF.com. One of them is the PFF and Action Network bundle that you can get. Use promo code ACTION on PFF.com when you buy an elite subscription and you get a full year, full 365 days of action networks action pro subscription and it's just 199 dollars it's the same price as a regular elite subscription but you get that extra um subscription that's a free 100 basically uh, it's awesome action network has a ton of really good content some very interesting stuff they track the lines during the games live so it's it's a lot of fun and it will help you enjoy the last few weeks of football into the playoffs you need it for the playoffs and you get it all the way basically through next season so go make it happen at pff.com use promo code action when you check out and get yourself a pff elite subscription and you'll get an action pro subscription for free for a full year do it okay uh let's move on to uh let's actually talk philly new or- uh new orleans real quick do we have to Yes, we do. Here's why. It's now seven and a half. It was seven when we talked about yeah. this on, on Wednesday night. Seven and a half. So you yeah. get the seven. You got Jalen Hurts. Total is 42 and a half. Let me ask you this. If you if you didn't know, like, th- these were two teams with no name and they were power ranked this way. Okay. So it was New Orleans is the second ranked team and Philly's the 26th ranked team. Um, like it gets out to seven and a half. It's in Philadelphia and you don't know who the quarterbacks are. And the total is, what is it? It's low forties. I think it's 43 and a half. You see that low total. You see those team rankings. You don't know who the teams are. Yeah. Aren't you taking the underdog at home? Yeah, of course. I mean, the Philly is the only side here. The only thing that's a little bit, and, and the thing is, is that there it's, it's an easy handicap. The total's low. Um, 
you know, you're talking about two backup quarterbacks. The uncertainty there is immense, right? So if you try to make a case for the favorite, like you're basically you're basically looking at the situation of games and thinking this is a double-digit game. And the Saints, like, you know, they did play that way against the Falcons the first time. And they they the second game that Taysom started doesn't really count. And then the last game, they really didn't play that way. You saw sort of the limitations of Taysom Hill, a quarterback, against the Falcons. And so, you know, I, I do. I support this. And and I, I think Philadelphia, you know, they're not stupid. They're a well-coached team. They're not going to let Michael Thomas catch 15 balls on them the way I think that you have to if you're the Saints and you're trying to win with Taysom Hill. So yeah, give me give me Philly here, even though I don't, I've never liked Philadelphia this year. And, and you know, it sort of pains me to say that. Um, go ahead and give me that this one. You hate Jalen Hurts. I don't hate Jalen Hurts. I, I think Philly, <laughs> I think the problem with Philadelphia has been that they, that there were lagging indicators that you and I have been talking about for the better part of two years. We call the Eagles the new Falcons. And, and mm-hmm. it's come to fruition, I think, you did 100%. That and you're dead on. And, I, and it's 100% true. And I feel like just because Doug Peterson is a smart guy and they employ a lot of smart people, we always gave them the benefit of that. We give them the benefit of the doubt every single week this year. Oh, well, mm-hmm. look. Look how funny this would be. Ha, ha, ha. If Philadelphia doesn't get it going, some team's going to win that division with a losing record. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, no, Philly's one of the bad teams in the NFC East. Like they are, like there's, they don't deserve any due deference relative to anybody else there. Yeah, it's almost as if they're still skating by on the what Bowl. they did the soup in the Super Bowl year. You know, made all those well, smart decisions in on fourth downs, and we talked about this too. Like other than that, the smart decision stuff was overrated. They ran a ton on second and long. Um, their play calling, we talked about this a little bit, is like weird. You know, and I think. This is what I'm most interested about in this game. Because I went back and I reread like the PFF draft guide stuff. And um, we talked about this a ton. We talked about it with Brett Coleman on our podcast. You should go back and listen to it if you're curious. He had a ton of really interesting things to say because he talks to Quincy Avery, who's Jalen Hurts and Deshaun Watson's quarterbacks coach. But um, one of the things that stuck out to me was what Mike wrote about him, which is if this guy's your quarterback, you've got to change your offense a little bit. Yeah. It's Maybe the a same lot. thing as Lamar Jackson, right? You have to commit to it. Okay, so that's exactly what I thought, Eric. I'm glad you brought that up. My first thought was, oh, Lamar Jackson. But then I went and I looked at Jalen Hurts' accuracy. Jalen Hurts was way more accurate than Lamar Jackson. Like, way more. Yeah. To the point where the only guy more accurate than him throwing down the football field in his quarterback class was Joe Burrow, who was setting records. Now, the problem everyone said was, well, you can't throw with anticipation. And I get that he's not as electric as Lamar Jackson, sure. But he ran a f- like 4.55 five, or something like that. He has running back measurables, and he's accurate. If Doug Peterson says, oh, yeah, we do need to change our offense, it's not like their offense was any good. Like, I could see this being a really positive move for the Eagles in this, you know, in a game where they're not facing a great quarterback. Um, so I do like the Eagles here. Yeah, that was a yeah, long similar way Lamar example. Jackson took over for a Joe Flacco who wasn't effective, mm-hmm. you know, and they had been losing. Uh, I get that. Okay, let's. Should we finish? Should we finish yes. off on Buffalo laying have to two at home against the Steelers on Chris's Sunday night football game post mm-hmm. Steve Kornacki and then mm-hmm. Steve Kornacki at halftime and then mm-hmm. obviously leading into the the Ravens uh, Browns game the following day. Um, 
I this game I remember fondly last year because you got some heat for saying that Duck Hodges was better than Josh yeah. Allen, <laughs> and and Steelers fans, of course, uh, or no Bills fans, of course, like didn't get the the, the tongue yep. and cheekiness of it. I I compared Josh Allen to Mo Schrute, and I gotta say, like I I feel like I've taken a complete 180 on Allen in that like I bet Buffalo last you know obviously they were part of our they were a lock of the week last week right and mm-hmm. I bet them on Monday night. And I never felt anxious the entire game. In fact, they were up 10 at halftime, and I bet a pretty sizable amount on Buffalo plus three and a half second half. I bet a pretty sizable amount on Buffalo money line second half. That one actually pushed. And I bet, I think, even more than all of that on Buffalo over 14 second half points. No, 10 and a half second half points. It was an egregious line. It was an egregious number. The Bills... When you the, watching the Buffalo Bills is an absolute treat. Not because Josh Allen's brilliant. I don't think he's brilliant, but they just don't he's call fun. the bad plays. They don't do stupid shit, and it's just it's so nice to watch a team where you know that when Josh Allen drop you know angle at second and ten, and he he looks like he's about to hand it off, you know it's a play action. You know it's a play action, and you know that there that there's going to be a receiver running wide open, and you know that when the you know when their defense is a little bit shaky, that they're going to keep piling it on, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the team I want to back, you know. And as much as like obviously we don't, we want to like anchor to our old like you know opinions and stuff, like I'm I'm through I'm I'm betting Buffalo a lot from here on out. I um, am already. I've already bet on the Buffalo Bills <laughs> without having bet on the Buffalo Bills, right? Um, I think there's a chance that the Buffalo Bills beat the brakes off the Steelers for the reason that you just said. They don't let up. They beat the brakes off the Niners. The Steelers, I'm sorry, are not a very good team. Ben Roethlisberger is averaging six yards per attempt from a clean pocket. The NFL average is 7.7. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the fifth worst offense in yards per play on first and second down. They've gotten by because Big Ben has played really well on third down. The receivers uh, have made some really nice plays after the catch. And their defense was completely healthy and was beating the brakes off against bad quarterbacks. The Bills are a very good offense. Josh Allen has become one of the best passers in the NFL from a clean pocket. He's very boomer bust under pressure, but they've done a really nice job of taking what were some of his weaknesses and helping them become strengths. He has the biggest improvement from a clean pocket of any quarterback in the NFL. He has the biggest improvement in terms of uh, limiting his uncatchable throws, which was his big bugaboo last year. It's awesome. It's so cool to see. I remember when I drafted Josh Allen in our PFF (laughs) draft um, and felt like an idiot. And the reason I took him was because it was after his junior year at Wyoming. And I was like, this dude is just so fun to watch. And um, he is fun to watch. And now he's put together. He's he's got a little bit of poor man's Mahomes to him where he does the right things from a clean pocket, which we didn't see last year. He does the right things from a clean pocket. But then... He doesn't take sacks under pressure. He finds a way. He did that thing against the Niners where he just kept backing up and then threw a seed, a la Mahomes. He still makes way more bad decisions than Mahomes. I'm not saying he's Mahomes, but he's got a little bit of that in him. I I love rooting for the Buffalo Bills. Um, 
and I, I'm not going to bet this game only for the reason that I said the Steelers were the most overrated team in the NFL. I 100% believe it. I gave a ton of evidence to back it up. It's nothing against the Steelers. I like a lot of players on that team, um, but I just don't think they're as good as a lot of people thought they were, and I think that continues this week. Heads into week 17 where the Cleveland Browns will win out and have a chance to win the division in week 17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my line, and I'm sticking to it. I mean, that, that, that would be fun. To, to quote somebody from a movie I watched with Austin Gale last night, Wedding Crashers, wouldn't that be sweet? That is how we will uh, end our podcast. This was fun, buddy. I hope you enjoy the sweats that you have planned this evening. I'm going to go hang out with our buddy Ian Harditz, who's in town. So that means he'll be on the live show tomorrow. Gang's all here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Check us out at uh, 11.30 on the YouTube channel. It'll be – you've been on fire the past couple of weeks. Just bring in the heat, and I'm excited for it to continue tomorrow. It'll be time, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think I, I'm think I'm on San Diego State. No, no 50k wins in DFS this week. Uh, oh, the, lineups, the lineups, uh, as predicted, the lineups uh, didn't weren't, weren't pure for two straight weeks. But uh, it'll still be fun nonetheless. We're sweating out a Houston uh, Memphis game right now. Two point conversion to win the game. You do love to see that. All right, thanks for, for hanging out with us on your Sunday morning, and we will uh, hopefully talk to you in a little bit on the PFF Live pregame show. Peace out. All right, we have prize picks. Ah, yes, prize picks. Okay. Um, oh, Houston kicked the extra point. You love to see that. You hate to, you hate to observe. All right, you ready? Uh, yeah, one more. Uh, one second. Okay. I was two for two last week. I think I dominated last week. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right, uh, prize picks. It's the uh, – oh, fuck. Re- restart this. Here we go. Three, two, one. If you guys have not tried prize picks yet, you're missing out. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, go to prizepicks.com. Uh, you base it's very simple. You pick whether a player is going to go over or under their fantasy projection, and you parlay those picks together between two and four players, and uh, you can win a really nice chunk of money. You get 10x actually if you um, get all four right and you pick four players. So Eric and I are going to pick a couple here each and you can decide to do with those what you will eric i will let you begin because you were hot last week you went two for two give me keenan allen over 18 points show me a team that likes giving up plays to wide receivers more than the falcons does i can't you will not find one actually yeah does not exist um all right i have one for you here it's uh your boy tyler boyd he goes over 12 against dallas cowboys who just don't cover anybody. And, uh, you know, I don't really care who's quarterback for Cincinnati. I think this game goes over. And I think Tyler, Tyler Boyd is a big reason why. Excellent. Um, okay. Give me – I'm going to do it again because I, I went with him last week. I think this mm-hmm. is going to be similar. I could play linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. So give me Alvin Kamara over 15 points. I'd love to see that. Uh, all right, my next one is um, Kiki QT over 13 and a half. We're going overs here. Why? Because life's too short. Kiki QT over 13 and a half uh, against the Chicago Bears. Um, it's all Deshaun Watson. Kiki QT is a guy that he likes. He stays healthy. There it is. Go to prizepicks.com and uh, have yourself some fun.